Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Uh, every once in a while, I get to do interviews with uh, people that uh, I'm completely shocked and and amazed that they'd actually uh, that I actually get to do this. This is one of the great things about having a radio show where you talk to wonderful artists, directors, writers, actors, etc. And this is certainly one of them. Um, our guest today on uh, Film School is uh, Piper Laurie. Piper is uh, in a, stars in a new film called Snapshots. Uh, she plays the matriarch of a family uh, of women. Basically, it's most more or less about the, the lives of these women and uh, going back into their history. They're at a uh, the lake house for on a on a bit of a vacation, and things are revealed over the course of this weekend between Rose and Patty and Allison about uh, a history that they they have had and and continue to have in terms of uh, their experiences in life, and it's a wonderful. And loving, engaging film snapshots, and uh, we are so honored to have with us today a woman who has starred in such films as Carrie, Children of a Lesser God, The Hustler, all three of which she was nominated for an Academy Award for her wonderful performances in those films. And here we are today with this film snapshots. I'm going to welcome to the show Piper Laurie. Piper, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. Great. I'm very happy to be alive, <laughs> although it's difficult sometimes. Oh, just had a birthday myself yesterday, and um, you know all these all these thoughts come flooding into your head as you get to a certain point in life, and you, you're happy, you're grateful. I, I assume you're grateful for uh, for at least in the realm of your your profession of your as an artist. You certainly have had a remarkable career, and uh, this uh, film snapshots. Is another example of uh, someone who uh, who knows what they're doing in terms of how to put a character get together and be able to convey those emotions and and that sense of life that you do here in the in the snapshots. Yeah, I'm glad you think so. I'm glad it comes off that way. Yeah. Um, how did how did you get involved? Now, uh, the film is directed by Melanie Mayron. Uh, how did how did you come to this project? I'm not really sure. I finished another project, and um, my agent said, here's a script I'd like you to read, and it goes tomorrow, almost tomorrow. And I love the story. And um, then I found out it was really going to be shot almost tomorrow. Okay. And um, (laughs) a lot of dialogue, and and I needed time. I always have. I'm very a very slow learner, mm-hmm. but they couldn't wait because it's such a low budget film, and they were tied to locations. And so we went ahead in the middle of a a heat wave last summer that was every bit as bad as it is this summer. Okay, and we were shooting in 109, 110 degree weather every day. Wow. Uh, fortunately, because of the low budget, we didn't have that many days. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it was tough, and it's just amazing that the, that this lovely movie has come out of it. Really shocking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, 
have interviewed Melanie. She was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and uh-huh. she, uh, her side of the story, uh, your involvement in the film was that she wanted. Uh, she asked, I, I don't know if it was a casting director or who to draw to write up a list of actors of a certain age, and your name appeared on that list. And she said she, you were her first choice. Is how she put it to me. What, why not? <laughs> Would you want to have Piper Laurie involved in in your project? And she and so it's how, according to Melanie, she you were uh, you were number one choice, and she was thrilled to get you into the uh, into the role and along with we have Brooke Adams is also in the film and some emerging actors like Emily uh, Baldoni and others um, so she said that was a, a dream for her to to be able to work with you and uh, what's it like on a set now is it different than it was back when you were doing Carrie or Children of a Lesser God or what what is there a significant difference I know the budget was obviously much less than you would have been on something like Carrie. But what what is the sort of is there a different sort of culture involved now on, on set in a in a film? I don't think so. I think it never really changes. And I did a, a film just before this one. Hmm. It had a much bigger budget. I guess I shouldn't mention it because we're here to talk about <laughs> You can you can mention it if you'd like. Oh it's called White Boy Rick. It comes out soon. Okay. But it basically they're all the same. Okay. You have to. This one we moved awfully fast. Mm-hmm. Um, Melanie is expert at that. It's a miracle she got it all done. My hat is off to her. I remember um, I quit movies for fifteen years way back, and I lived in the country and did lots. Had a, a completely different life between the time that I did the Hustler. And Carrie, 15 years had gone by, and I really didn't miss acting. And then about the time I started to miss acting, I luckily was offered the part in Carrie and uh, came out to California. And I realized after the first couple of scenes, oh, my God, I, I, it's all the same, and I, it feels like nothing has changed. And it's true. You know, technical things change, but it's essentially the same really easy to feel at home. Yeah. You know, I started this when I was very young, just just like the day I turned 18. So I've been doing it a long time. Yeah. Well, what is it about a, a film set? Is it, I mean, I'm sure that directors can run their sets differently. I'm sure that Brian De Palma would run his, his set differently then someone else would run it. Is there something that's sort of consistent in the sort of the collaboration between yourself and the people on the set? Or sort of help our sort of someone who's – I've been on a couple of movie sets, but only in the background, only very, very, you know, rarely has that happened. But what what is it about that sense of, you know, as an artist, as a performer – a film set's different than a TV set. I'm sure the theater is a whole other animal. But being on a movie set, what would you convey to our audience? How would you put it in terms of the sense of you performing in front of a camera? It's a wonderful question, and I'm probably the last person in the world to answer it. <laughs> okay. I'm so focused on my character, and um, I kind of tune out a lot of stuff that, on the outside. Um, I'm not very social on the set. 
I stick to business. <laughs> I just, and that's the way I enjoy working as an actor. Right. I'm a lot different than that in real life, but so I don't pick up on a lot of things on the outside. Well, that's a lot a, of the details. Well, that's a great answer. I mean, that's that's your I, process. That is how you. That's how you do what you do. And I'm, if if I did, yeah. I'd probably scare me to death. <laughs> um, once I got when I first started, <clears throat> excuse me, the, all of the mechanics and all that was very frightening. New and scary. Yeah. And so the more I tuned out about stuff like that, the more I could do my work. I try not to focus on it. Sometimes you can't avoid it yeah. if you're in a particularly beautiful environment or, or if you have charming co-stars. But for the most part, I try to stick with business. Yeah, terrific. Again, I'm sure every actor is different, and I think that's that's one of the jobs of a director is to be able to pull together people who may approach the way they do their work differently, maybe in a way that makes it coherent, makes it a makes it a whole in the telling of the story. Completely understandable. And I I I mentioned the three uh, films that. You were nominated for an Academy Award for The Hustler, and then you took a break, came back, and did Carrie. And then after that, you came, a, a few years later, uh, you were uh, in, not a, well, a few years later, Children of a Lesser God. Um, for someone who is recognized for, for the work, and, and I'll also mention your work on Twin Peaks, so that the, you made that you went from film to television, you started in TV at least, uh, uh, and then went into film. Is that no, no? You were first a film. I'm sorry, I take that back. You were first in film and then went to TV. Yeah, I was first on stage. Yeah, I did my first play when I was 11 years old. Okay, and then um, do you, what was the name of the play? Do you remember? Um, oh gosh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the it, 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 had, it was about a bird that a lady, a lady who made, who was. Frightened of birds. Oh, okay. <laughs> Guest in the house. Guest in the house, okay. Yes, and I played the little girl in it, and my aunt in it was Marissa O'Brien, who is Margaret O'Brien's aunt. Okay. And Margaret O'Brien came to see our show one night. I didn't get to meet her, but I watched her. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I studied. Uh, a lot of people think I just began to study after I started movies, but... No, I was very serious in a, in a class for about three years before I did, made my screen test at Universal. And then they immediately put me into these silly parts that I'd, I didn't know how to play because I was used to doing Tennessee Williams and stuff like that right. in our class. Right. Uh, I had no technique. And I struggled through and we Tony Curtis and I became movie stars, quotes around that. And when I finally broke my contract five years later, decided not to work ag again ever in anything unless I could do something with quality. And I finally was offered a, a live television show uh, in New York, and that was thrilling and scary. And uh, then I was offered many shows, live television, after that. I guess culminating with um, Days of Wine and Roses, the original live I don't think very many people today realize that when television first started in the 50s, when it really sort of came into its own as an art form, there was a lot of live productions 
uh, and including you mentioned the days of Wine and Roses, which was on a show called Playhouse Ninety, right? Which was kind of the standard uh, for for quality teleplays. I think they called them back then. I suppose you could, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, there weren't many others that came were in that league. I mean, it it it. Uh, I mean, some of the the. It, it's kind of funny because there were a lot of film stars who came out came through television and then back into f- film. So there was sort of, there was kind of a, we see that today. We see a lot of people transitioning back and forth between cable te- television and, and back in, back and forth between film. And, um, and it's great to see great artists be able to, to, to ply their craft in any form. And certainly, uh, what did you, going back to sort of what I was talking about earlier, that transition from, film from the film work that you weren't particularly happy with to to the tv work did that satiate your your desire for higher quality did it did it inspire you to want to get back into film in 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 some way no 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 i just uh, the uh the television was really different from the half hour hour shows dramas because they were playhouse 90 and um Mm -hmm. you rehearsed for three weeks and then you did the show Oh, you hear my sirens here? I do. That's okay. And then, and then, um, after I did these live television shows, I was in New York, living in New York, and uh, I did a lot of theater. I did uh, the twentieth anniversary of the Glass Menagerie on Broadway with Maureen Stapleton, which was a memorable experience, mm-hmm. and and I did a number of plays. Gosh. Then I just retired, got married, and went to live in the country, and uh, stopped working for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back, I did a movie, which was... Oh, I, and I actually ended that period with The Hustler. Mm-hmm. Then I retired, worked with the civil rights movement, a lot of things that happened in the in the world that, that made see, acting seem insignificant and unimportant. So I finally came back when I somebody sent me a script of Carrie, which I thought was a comedy, and I thought it was pretty stupid. And then someone suggested, well, maybe it's uh, satiric. So on the basis of that, I went to the city and met Brian De Palma, and I liked him, and he liked me, and I went to California, and I did the movie, which kind of changed my life after 15 years. Mm-hmm. And another thing with, I don't know, a lot of people don't know this, but Mel Gibson's first movie when he was 23 was something called Tim. Very sweet movie, and I I did that in Australia with him. Mm-hmm. I found him to be a lovely, lovely person, unlike anything that I read about nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did more movies. Yeah. And then I did more plays, and, the, <laughs> wow. and I wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Well, and here you are now today. Here was we talk about uh, your latest project, uh, Snapshots, and as I mentioned, the film also stars Brooke Adams, who for people will remember from what's certainly one of my favorite films ever made. Uh, um, I consider. Uh, Days of Heaven to be a masterwork, uh, and uh, I went to see it a few weeks ago. The Academy had a special screening of it; just beautiful. 
Isn't that one of the most beautifully shot films you've seen? <clears throat> yes, yes. Unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable. Brooke so, was, is one of my favorite screen persons. Um, so happy to see her there. Yeah. Boy, and also to play, play her mother. Yes. Well, that was a treat. Yeah, and well, let's talk about snapshots because it, it's, uh, it, it's a film about family. It's about relationships. It's about tolerance. It's about understanding, coming to grips with family issues. There's a lot of different elements in the film. Uh, and it's a very, as I said earlier, it's a very engaging, very loving film. You said this was a, I mean, obviously it was a, a quick, you only had, a, how many, do you remember how many shooting days you did? You said 15. 18. That's, that's very 15. cool. 15. Okay. 1-5. 1-5, 15. Wow, that is fast. Um, gather, we can see it all over the world now. My friends in Ireland can see it on after the 14th of this month. They can order it on, uh, well, yes, on whatever your yeah, favorite. Yeah, uh, yeah. As, of, as of this coming Tuesday, I believe, Amazon, iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, yeah. micro, uh, Voodoo, Fandango, you name it. <laughs> right, you name it. Yeah, you can see it anywhere in the world, PlayStation, Google, Netflix. It looks like it's going to show up on Netflix. Yeah. So, well, um, and sort of you're being back in the game. uh are you? Do you have plans to to move forward with uh, any more uh, any more work? Is something in the works for you coming up? Maybe. Okay. But, you know, we're all superstitious. We don't like okay <laughs> talking about stuff until it's real. Okay. And uh, sort of feedback on your performance. Uh, it's I assume that you've been getting a lot of. Uh, Positive feedback. You're you're the you're you're the matriarch, as I said, and and you're you have a again you're sort of the center. Your life is the catalyst for so much of what happens in the film. Um, were you happy with the with your work? Did you feel like you came away with what you you wanted to to do in the film? Well, it was a struggle doing it. It was just damn hard work. <laughs> okay, uh, well, especially with the the heat matter and the uh, the weather. Yeah. The weather. And the speed at which we had to work. Yeah. Sometimes no rehearsal. We just did. And Melanie was is such a wonderful director. She's so efficient, and she kept things moving <laughs> like I've never seen before. Um, well, uh, you know, we've gotten lots of awards, and that's that's been really fun. Yeah. Well, I for one hope you continue uh, to uh, do what you love to do, and you, that your life is happy and satisfying. It, it's you certainly have uh, a resume. I, I barely got into Twin Peaks, which is one of. The, I mean, you talk about in the history of television, uh, certainly one of the uh, most significant um, ep- uh, episodic television series in the history of the of that medium. And uh, you were nominated for all kinds of awards uh, for that, for your work there. Continue. Continue to do what you're doing, Piper. It's just, I mean, it's such a pleasure to be able to talk with you and share with our audience your, your career and certainly the work you did here with Snapshots. And come back. If you ever want to come back, bring me up. We'll, 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 I'd love to talk to you. Uh, and, uh, yes, well, we're just, we really literally have run out of time. I don't, I have no other choice but to say to you, but to say to you, thank you so much, 
for your time. Very nice to talk to you. As well, as well. We have been talking with Piper Laurie. She's in the new film, Snapshots, which you, if you want to find out more about the film, you, I believe you can go to something called Snapshots, uh, thefilm.com to find out more. And check out her work. It goes Twin Peaks, The Hustler, Children of Lesser God, Carrie, so many other films. Thank you, Piper, so much for being here on Film School. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.